Hey, everybody. Welcome back, Crime Fighters. Big E here, and we're talking about law for Virginia law enforcement officers. What do you need to know as a law enforcement officer in Virginia to better serve and strengthen your communities to do this job right? We're talking about cases, statutes. Lately, we've been talking about a lot of current events issues, um, civil disturbances, the, the legislative special session that's in effect now that's supposed to be focused on criminal justice reform. Uh, a lot of stuff is getting passed, is getting onto the governor's desk. We're going to see in the coming days what those bills are. I thought this weekend we would have something. We're, in, we're almost starting a third month of the special session here. We don't have a lot of those bills passed yet, but next episode probably we'll be talking about some of those bills. Today, I want to talk about a really interesting and I think important ruling from the Virginia Supreme Court on the uh, use by law enforcement of license plate readers. We're going to take this case apart and we're going to really try to understand what the ruling is, not just because we, you know, the use of license plate readers is important for law enforcement, but because what this ruling says is going to apply not just to our use of law enforcement license plate readers, but I think to all sorts of different technologies that your agency may or may not be able to use in the coming years. And this ruling relies specifically on and, and focuses on something called the Data Act, but I think it also contains some important lessons for us and some important warnings for us for the future about uh, law enforcement use of technology in uh, the Fourth Amendment and, uh, and also, I think, gives us an eye towards also what the General Assembly might do to change the Data Act in order to uh, restrict law enforcement use of data. So... What is this case that I'm talking about? What's it all about? And, uh, and, and, and what does it mean? Well, this case actually goes back even further than uh, 2014 when this guy, Harrison Neal, filed his FOIA request. It actually goes back even further. It goes back to uh, back in the early 2010s, the state police was using a license plate reader system. In other words, a system where you could drive around and passively record license plate numbers off of the back of vehicles and store that information in a database. And of course, at the same time, also take a picture of the vehicle, record its GPS location, date and time, and so on. They asked for an opinion from the Virginia Attorney General as to whether or not it was lawful to do that under the Data Act. And the Virginia Attorney General issued in a ruling that basically said, you can do it if it's, you can turn on that machine and record that data if it specifically mean, pertains to investigations and to intelligence gathering related to particular criminal activity, um, but only again if it is being uh, if it is being collected and determined to be relevant to criminal activity, uh, criminal activity. Otherwise, it is not properly criminal intelligence information, and if it's not directly relating to law enforcement investigations and intelligence gathering, therefore, it is subject to restrictions under the Data Act, uh, and basically, law enforcement couldn't collect that information um, in a sort of a, a broad way, a, sleep, a sweeping way, and store that information for any particular length of time, any useful length of time. And so the attorney general concluded that license plate reader technology may not lawfully be used to collect personal information in a passive manner, including the image of the place, the date, the time, and the precise location of the license plate. Now, that opinion of the attorney general is just an opinion. It's not necessarily binding. 
and it is not necessarily uh, can't be relied on necessarily by people. We do sometimes rely on attorney general opinions if that's the best uh, available opinion that we can get, but it's not legally binding in any uh, important way. And so Fairfax County went about deploying a license plate reader system anyway. And that brings us to Mr. Harrison Neal. So Harrison Neal, back in 2014, filed a FOIA request, and he said, uh, provide for me instances where my license plate was captured by your license plate reader system. And Fairfax County responded, uh, provided two instances in about the year, previous year where its system had captured Mr. Neal's license plate, gave him a chart, including the uh, GPS location, date, time, and a photograph of his vehicle. And based on that, he filed a complaint under the Data Act. Now, the Data Act is a piece of legislation in Virginia that gives uh, anyone who's uh, affected by the collection of data the uh, ability to bring a lawsuit to prohibit or to prohibit, to prohibit government from collecting data in a way that's not lawful. The Data Act applies not just to law enforcement, but to any government agency, everything from you know DMV to the health department, whatever. They're all covered by the Data Act. And there are exceptions in the Data Act for certain kinds of activity. Importantly, as you see already, right, law enforcement can collect personal information, personal data, and store it potentially for a very long period of time if it's related to some particular criminal activity or some particular criminal intelligence gathering activity, right? So if you've got a narcotics unit, they're going to be collecting a lot of personal information, a lot of personal data about drug dealers. They may or may not be getting charges about all these drug dealers, but they're going to store that information for a long time. They're lawfully allowed to do that because that is in reference to some specific crime. But Neil's argument is, well, you're bringing this, you're collecting this information. You have no information that anybody is uh, committing any particular crime. You're just going out and broadly sweeping in all this data. And if you look at the Data Act in generally, in general, the Data Act in general was created and put into place to pro, to protect citizens from uh, government. Uh, just collecting a ton of personal information and storing it with no particular reason uh, by establishing procedures to govern information systems containing records about individuals. And that's the general purpose that exists under the Act. The kinds of personal information it, 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 uh, it governs, though, doesn't necessarily include license plate and license plate reader data, and that's where the confusion comes up. Because the Data Act describes personal information as all information that describes, locates, or indexes anything about an individual, which is including, but not limited to, a social security number, driver's license number, agency-issued identification number, student ID numbers, that kind of stuff, right? It also includes information that affords a basis for inferring personal characteristics, so or uh, things done by, uh, by or to such an individual. So, you know, if you want to think about it, I mean, a license plate obviously is, you know, an agency-issued identification number. So that's, you know, seems like, okay, that would be personal information. But it's not necessarily personal information, right? When the attorney general issued his opinion in 2012, he just sort of assumed without really arguing that uh, license plate uh, readers were collecting personal information. But he never really makes the argument for it. He never really backs that up. He just says it and then says, because it's personal information, therefore it is governed by the Data Act. But when the, UN, when the Virginia Supreme Court takes up this case uh, and in 2018 for an initial ruling in, from Fairfax County, they sort of step back and they say, well, I mean, it's sure, it's an agency-issued identification number, 
but it doesn't necessarily describe locate or index anything about an individual. It describes locates or indexes something about a car, but a, a license plate number isn't assigned necessarily to a particular person. I mean, it's assigned to an owner, but it doesn't necessarily tell us that the owner is driving. It could be anyone driving the car, and the car, the, vehicle, the license plate might come back to, you know, Honda Motor Finance or Chevy Motor Finance, or it might come back to a uh, rental car company or an employer or whatever. So we don't necessarily know anything about an individual uh, just because of the license plate number. Of course, the license plate number reader does more than that, though. It scans the license plate number, and it also takes a photograph and includes the GPS data and surroundings of the car and so on. So, you know, in that sense, then the Virginia Supreme Court says, well, does it afford a basis for inferring personal characteristics, such as things done by or things done to an individual? If it does, then it would be still considered to be personal information. And they also ask the question, well, what Fairfax County is, is collecting here in their information, they collect a, you know, they have this system in place which collects the, scans the license plate and then collects the date and time and takes a picture, takes GPS information. Um, is that agency's record-keeping process an information system under the Data Act? Um, it is, in the eyes of the court, if it contains both personal information and the name, personal number, or other identifying particulars of an individual, right? Because again, that comes from the Data Act. That's what the Data Act says. It's governing. Well, I mean, the, the police department's passive use of its license plate readers and its passive main, maintaining of a, of, a, of a license plate reader database. And again, here, Fairfax County was keeping about a year's worth of license plate reader data on hand before purging it. Um, it's the court looks at the Data Act and says, well, it's a record-keeping process, uh, certainly, but is it an information system? Well, it's only an information system if it also contains the name, the personal number, or other identifying inf- particulars of an individual. So they say, you know, if it's just a database of pictures of license plates and locations of license plates, and that's all that it is, that's the only thing the database is, then in the eyes of the court in 2018, uh, then it's not considered to be an information system. But if that database does also contain the name, personal number, or the other identifying particulars of an individual, then yeah, it is considered to be an information system under the Data Act. And basically, uh, Fairfax cannot maintain that database at all, cannot hold on to that information for a year, unless it's determined to be relevant to a particular criminal investigation or a particular uh, criminal intelligence gathering operation, like with respect to some particular, you know, series of, um, you know, uh, gang violence uh, activities in in an identified period or so on. But just generally storing information when you don't know if it's going to be relevant or not, because it might be relevant in the future, uh, in the eyes of the Data Act, is not proper. So... um, if you're going to be collecting personal information, it has to be related to some kind of criminal activity. And But the question in this case is then, is it personal information? So they send the case back to the Fairfax County Court, and they say, we want you to examine the Fairfax County uh, system, how it's maintained, how they collect that information, how they store it, and come back and tell us whether or not, and make a ruling on whether or not it is actually a database that contains personal information in it. So with that in mind, it's important to examine how Fairfax County was collecting and storing this data. Uh, Fairfax County was uh, obviously, again, driving, a ve- driving vehicles around and, and collecting 
data from these license plate readers passively. In other words, officers weren't deciding whether or not they were going to capture this data. It was just being captured and stored. Once the camera captured the license plate, it converted it to uh, data. And in order to access that data, a Fairfax County police officer had to log into the ALPR, license plate reader software system, using a unique login credential and password. Um, only officers who had completed required training for the system could use the software. And um, they obviously were scanning against you know, stolen vehicles and so on, um, or vehicles that were potentially used in abductions or you know, Amber Alert vehicles and so on. They were scanning that. Um, they were also entering the stolen vehicles into the system as well. And then checking to see if there were any hits on stolen vehicles or Amber Alert vehicles or that kind of thing in the system. Um, but it doesn't, the system itself only told you if the vehicle's license plate was captured. It didn't give you any identifying information. And no one entered identifying information into this particular database. So the database didn't even contain identifying information about the owner of the vehicle. If you want to get then the owner's information about that license plate, then you're going to need to turn that system off, log out of that system, and then again, obviously go into VSIN or DMV or NCIC or whatever. That system wasn't connected to any external databases. It was a separate system that contained no personal information about any individual person. Um, and uh, again, the data is only stored for 364 days. It doesn't have any personal data. And it can only be searched by license plate number by trained officers, and the, system, the data is purged after 364 days. So uh, 365 days, the data is gone. It's only stored for less than a calendar year. So with that in mind, then, the uh, this case was sent back from the Virginia Supreme Court back to Fairfax County, to the Fairfax County uh, Trial Court. And the uh, trial court looked at the evidence and said, well, we still con I still consider, the judge said, I still consider it to be an information system under the Data Act and issued an injunction that permanently prohibited the Fairfax County Police Department from passively collecting and storing information from uh, automated license plate readers. Finding essentially that it because, and the reason for that is that the court said, well, there is a means to identify the individual owner, because you can take this license plate number and then log off and go on to DMV or VSIN or whatever and figure out who the owner is. And so basically you're storing personal information about somebody. And the trial court issued the injunction. And this takes us to the Virginia Supreme Court's ruling this week. And the Virginia Supreme Court this week ruled that the license plate reader system does not constitute an information system under the Data Act and therefore reversed the trial court's ruling and dismissed the request for an injunction. Here again, the court steps back and they actually look at, and again, this is different than what the Attorney General did in 2012. Here, the court actually looks at the ALPR database and says, it doesn't contain any names, it doesn't contain any personal numbers, it contains numbers relating to vehicles, but not personal numbers, and it doesn't contain any identifying particulars of an individual. And so because of that, it's not covered by the Data Act. Uh, therefore, the passive use of the ALPR system to capture license plates, to capture photographs of vehicles, and to capture the date, time, and GPS location of those vehicles doesn't violate the Data Act. Uh, 
Now, again, you could you could collect that information actively if you were out looking for, if there was an Amber Alert, uh, or if you were looking for somebody who had been abducted, or if you're looking for a criminal suspect, or you know a stolen vehicle, or whatever. You could go out actively going looking for that. But the question in this case is, can you passively collect that data and store it in view of the requirements of the Data Act? Well, here, the court thinks it's really important that uh, the officers had to log off of the license plate reader's database system and separately log on to vSIN or NCIC or DMV or whatever to then type a query in. So if you find, hey, this vehicle uh, with the license plate 123 ABC comes back as stolen and it's on my stolen vehicle list, let's see who the vehicle comes back to. I got to log off and go on to vSIN and NCIC. Or, you know, again, if I'm looking for what vehicle was at 123 Main Street at 3 o'clock in the afternoon yesterday when this bank robbery happened, and I see, oh, the license plate that was at 123 Main Street yesterday at 3 o'clock in the afternoon is license plate um, ABCDEFG, I, I have to turn that system off and go into VSIN, NCIC, or DMV and figure out who uh, license plate ABCEFG belongs to. And that's really important for the court. Uh, they write, the Data Act imposes restrictions and obligations on an agency. It doesn't contemplate holding an agency accountable for the information systems of other agencies. Where are you getting this information about whose license plate is ABCDEFG? I'm getting it from DMV. So uh, I'm not using one information system to do this. I'm using multiple different ones. And so just because the ultimate goal, obviously, is to identify, you know, obviously the officer who's logging in is saying, okay, I want to figure out what vehicles were in front of uh, 123 Main Street yesterday at 3 o'clock in the afternoon when this bank robbery happened. The goal is to identify a person. But that doesn't mean that the Data Act is employed every single time I use data to figure out who a person is. Uh, the Data Act only, employ it only applies when the information that's stored uh, is like names, personal numbers, or identifying uh, particular data. So the court writes in this case, although other databases maintained by other agencies can allow the police department to learn the name, personal number, or other identifying particulars of a data subject, the license plate reader database doesn't, and therefore its passive use of the system is lawful under the Data Act. So uh, this is a you know obviously a, a good ruling an important ruling and uh, it will certainly be a good thing for law enforcement and for the collection of uh, data that you can use to solve crimes and to identify criminal suspects in in, uh, in cases. But it doesn't necessarily mean, and that's what I want to talk about for the rest of the episode today. It doesn't necessarily mean then, okay, off to the races, let's go out and collect personal data anytime we want from anybody we want and store all this data uh, in a big database. And that way, you know, as long as we have all this data around, it'll be great and we can use all this data to solve crimes. The first thing you want to remember is that the Fairfax County had some very strict procedures in place about what kind of data went into this system and also how you could get access to this system. It was important that you have a username and a password and you had to log into the system. And then to actually use the data, you had to log out of the system and go into another system. You couldn't link the data together. And in addition to that, the data itself didn't merge with Ferris County Police Department's databases of or uh, access to personal information like people and addresses and all that kind of stuff. Certainly it would be it's definitely conceivable that you could create a license plate reader system that 
matched up in real time or just matched up later on by merging data with your own database of names and addresses and phone numbers and whatever that you have collected from previous, let's say, traffic stops. Um, if you've got an e-ticket system, right, it's collecting information about people's license plate numbers and it's collecting their personal information and you might store you know, their name and their address and their identifiers and so on next to their license plate. You've got a great database there. You could merge that data in theory with your license plate reader system and have a really great database. But if you did that, then you would be running squarely right into the Data Act, and you're creating a database that the Virginia law does not permit you to create, uh, to just have on hand sitting around somewhere in case you need it someday. It restricts that kind of data collection and analysis to situations where you have an actual criminal investigative need, right, or a criminal intelligence need. So going back then, right, it's important to remember the basis for the Attorney General's ruling back in 2012, which was uh, that the Data Act really directed law enforcement to be collecting and storing data only with respect to actual criminal investigative needs. The other thing to keep in mind, though, is where does this start to encroach upon uh, Fourth Amendment territory? Where does it start to become a situation where we're collecting so much data about average ordinary citizens every day and their movements that we might be taking something that is perfectly lawful to the Fourth Amendment, reading somebody's license plate, writing it down, writing down the location of their activity, and creating by collecting so much information that we start to encroach upon people's reasonable expectations of privacy. Now, you might be saying, when I say this, you might be thinking to yourself, well, you sound like a crazy law professor talking about this stuff. You know, that's not, that's not a realistic argument under the Fourth Amendment. You know, the Fourth Amendment just says that, and, and the Fourth Amendment's very, you know, very simple, right? It just says the right of people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated, and no warrant shall issue but upon probable cause, supported by oath or affirmation, and particularly describing the place to be searched, the persons or things to be seized. It doesn't say anything about law enforcement having to close its eyes to somebody driving down the street, right? It's not a street, that's plain view. Somebody driving down the street, you see license plate, it's plain view, right? Well, it is and it isn't. Uh, and I want to talk about two cases in this. I want to talk about a case called United States versus Jones, which is in 2012 from the U.S. Supreme Court, and a case called Carpenter versus United States from 2018. And both of them have warnings for us about the massive or very large-scale collection of data that might be technologically possible and might start to raise constitutional issues under the Fourth Amendment. So Jones is a case back in 2012 where police attached a GPS device to a vehicle during a drug investigation. Um, this guy was a big drug dealer in the D.C. metro area. They put a GPS in his car, and they used that information to uh, indict and convict him for his crimes. He appealed to the U.S. Supreme Court. Now, when they put the GPS on his car, they didn't have a warrant, which isn't really a true statement. I mean, they had a warrant. The problem is they had a warrant in one jurisdiction, but they went to another jurisdiction outside where the warrant had been issued and put the GPS in his car in that jurisdiction. So if they had put the GPS on the car in the place where they had the warrant to put the GPS in the car, they would have been fine. But they left their jurisdiction, went to another jurisdiction, that's where they ran into trouble. So they tried to argue, well, Jones doesn't have a right to privacy in his movements anyway, so what are we really worried about? The U.S. Supreme Court took the case in 2012 to decide whether attaching the GPS system and using it to monitor that vehicle's movements on public streets considered it was, was a search or a seizure under the Fourth Amendment. 
Now, Justice Scalia wrote the opinion in this case, and Justice Scalia was very much focused on the fact that they went into a private property and they stuck the GPS on the car, which was his private motor vehicle in a place they didn't have a lawful right to be. So he felt like it was a trespass on property issue. And ultimately, that's the basis that he uses to find that it's a violation of the Fourth Amendment. Several of the judges, though, they said it was a violation of the Fourth Amendment because they thought a four-week-long tracking of an individual using a GPS surveillance would have required a large team of agents, multiple vehicles, and perhaps aerial assistance, and therefore goes beyond what you would normally be able to see in plain view. And therefore, it becomes a Fourth Amendment search because it is such a sophisticated search and it collects so much data over such a long period of time. And so in their view... Uh, it was unconstitutional for that reason. Justice Scalia doesn't accept that, and neither do a lot of the other judges. A few judges believe that, but most of the judges didn't believe that. What he says in his opinion is, it may be that achieving the same result through electronic means without uh, without you know going up and putting GPS on a vehicle is unconstitutional. We're not going to answer that question today. It's not the question that is up uh, before the court today. And he's a little skeptical in his opinion that um, that. That these, that these judges who were worried about collecting too much information over too much too long of a period of time becomes magically unconstitutional. But Justice Scalia ultimately uh, passes away. Other justices take his, take his place. And we end up in 2018 with the case of Carpenter versus United States. Now, Carpenter versus United States involves uh, officers collecting cell phone information, uh, cell site location information for a series of robbers involved in a couple of uh, violent robberies. These included collecting data over about 150 or so days uh, for some of the people involved. So, And they get all this through court orders, not through search warrants, not through a probable cause standard, but through a less than probable cause. So in the eyes of the court, that's warrantless. They had court orders, but the court orders didn't have a probable cause standard, so they were considered to be warrantless. And in Carpenter, the court says that they've got a problem with this. They don't like it. Um, they look back at the Jones case, and they look at the opinions of uh, Justice Alito and Justice Sotomayor, who were those judges who were like, who, who basically were saying, you know, the problem here isn't the trespass of the vehicle. The problem here is tracking somebody's every movement for a whole month. And they write here, since GPS monitoring of a vehicle tracks every movement a person makes in that vehicle, uh, again, they point to the fact that in that case, they thought that longer-term GPS monitoring in investigations impinges upon expectations of privacy, regardless of the fact that they're done in plain view, that is to say they're done out in the middle of the uh, you know, public roadways. And so the court here says in Carpenter, whether the government employs its own surveillance technology or it uses uh, cell site location data, which is collected by a third party, by the cell phone companies, the court held here that an individual maintains a legitimate expectation of privacy in the record of his physical movements as are captured through cell site location data on a cell phone. Now, that's an important statement, right? What the court is saying here is that you have an expectation of privacy in, in a record of your, of your personal physical movements. So does that automatically mean then that uh, data collected from license plate readers would be a Fourth Amendment violation? Well, no, not necessarily. Um, they distinguish 
actually in this case, cell site location information from vehicle information. They write in Carpenter, in fact, historical cell site records pre- present even greater privacy concerns than GPS monitoring of vehicles uh, because a cell phone uh, tracks nearly exactly the movements of its owner. And the reason is because they, they literally, right here, a cell phone is basically a feature of human anatomy. I mean, it's, it's such a part of our lives. We have it physically on our person everywhere we go. Uh, it's, it's tracking all of our movements. And the court writes, while individuals regularly leave their vehicles, they compulsively carry their cell phones with them all the time. But Think about this issue, again, when you think about collecting license plate reader data. The court writes in Carpenter, the retrospective quality of the data here gives police access to a category of information otherwise unknowable. With access to this data, the government can now travel back in time to retrace a person's whereabouts. And this new tracking capacity runs against everyone, all citizens. The police need not even know in advance whether they want to follow a particular individual or when, which is, again, different than a GPS tracker because i got to put that on a particular car, so i got to figure out who I'm going to track and put it on here. Here, you wouldn't have to know that. You have this massive database uh, in hand. And it is a database that it provides a detailed chronicle of a person's physical presence compiled every day, every moment, uh, in this case, in, in, within the case of uh, cell site data, over several years. So the court here holds that uh, collecting this uh, collecting this cell site data without a warrant, without probable cause, over uh, an extended period of time, and here it was about seven days. They said about seven days uh, or more, then you definitely need to have a probable cause. You need to have a search warrant. Uh, it, it, without that search warrant, collecting the information is a violation of the Fourth Amendment. Which takes us back to the issue here with the license plate reader, right? The license plate reader case that we've been talking about, Neal versus Fairfax County, is a case that's ultimately about the Data Act and whether or not it's the Data Act governs the the, uh, collection of information using an automated license plate reader. But the Neal case does not in any way talk about the Fourth Amendment issues or expectations of privacy when it comes to uh, collecting this sort of, sorts of data, um, especially large amounts of the data uh, in the future, um, uh, you know, using even perhaps better technology or more extensive technology or, um, you know, obviously we can't use drones, but you get the idea. I mean, you know, using, um, you know, better cameras with more ability to capture more license plates with, um, with more accuracy and more range and so on. Um, and, you know, here again, the concern of the court, and they write this in Neil, modern technology enables governments to acquire information on the population on an unprecedented scale. National, state, and local governments can use that information for a variety of administrative purposes and to help apprehend dangerous criminals. But knowledge and is power, and power can be abused. So there obviously cognizant of that. They're deciding what the Data Act says, but I would expect in the future two things. One, the General Assembly may step in and try to regulate this more, or we may see some more litigation about the Fourth Amendment. So interesting issue. Uh, Hope I've given you some insights into the issue and what the concerns are and what the abilities are and so on and what the law means. Uh, But for today, that's all from me. That's all from Big E. Uh, If you like the podcast, please tell your friends. If you don't like the podcast, don't tell your friends. Uh, 
that's all I got for you for today. Next time, I do hope to be talking about the new issue, new General Assembly legislation. For today, stay safe and don't get captured.